Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Everybody say amen. Amen. Let's get our Bibles. We're going to the book of Isaiah today, chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. We'll begin by reading verse 1 through 5. Now, when I met the cardiologist the other day, he said that I was to take it easy. And so I didn't, Brother Mike, get him to define what that is. I don't know if he knows what an apostolic preacher is. But uh, I'm going to do my best to take it easy today. So, amen. Uh, I appreciate, appreciate you hanging with me today. All right, Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also, somebody say also, Also. I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood seraphims, each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs from off the altar, And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips. Thy iniquity is taken away from away and thy sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell the people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see yet, see ye indeed, but perceive not. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, today for your word. We thank you, God, for being in your presence, Lord. We give you glory and praise. Lord, would you help us today as we minister your word? Help us to be mindful, Lord, to keep this sacred, 
to keep, Lord, your, your in our forefront today. Let us see a vision of you, O oh God. Let's have a fresh vision of you, the King of kings and Lord of lords. In Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. amen. <clears throat> a vision that transforms. A vision that transforms. Take a couple minutes, high-five your neighbor, greet them, amen, tell them it's good to see them in the house of the Lord. You can be seated. Vision. I want to talk about vision, and I'm not talking about a natural vision, but a spiritual vision. That's what happened to Isaiah, is that he saw a vision, amen, outside of the realm of a natural vision. What is your vision? What is my vision when we enter into the divine presence of God? When we come before him in his throne room, what is our perspective? I've seen a lot of people that have come into the presence of the Lord and they were more disturbed about something playing around them than they were about the King of kings and Lord of lords. But it's important that we know how to respond to the glorious presence of God. We need to be aware that every time we get into his presence, I know that is at church, but it's also in our own life, every time we enter into his presence, it should be counted as a sacred, significant moment. It ought to be counted as sacred and significant. The Bible says, in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw also. Now, Uzziah was a, 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 a king that most admired in his life. Isaiah was a young man at this time. He's beginning the, the stages of his prophetic ministry. Some even believe that Isaiah was a member of the royal family. Some believe that he was a cousin to Uzziah. So if he was a member of the royal family, he would be accustomed to coming into the presence of the king. He would be accustomed to coming and standing before one sitting upon the throne. It would not be something that would be new or shocking to him. He knew what it was to see the splendor of wealth that a king could have. He could see the demonstration of power of the king. But the Bible says in the year that King Uzziah died, I also <laughs> saw something beyond that. I've stepped in the throne room many times before. I've seen a, a King Uzziah handle business but oh, I stepped in the throne room of God. I see what I've never seen before. I've experienced what I've never experienced before. Anybody want to have that in your life? Amen. Step into the presence of the king. In the year that King Uzziah died. The story of Uzziah is one of triumph and tragedy. Uzziah, uh, early on in his reign, he was known for doing what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He had a lengthy reign of some 52 years. He was indeed a successful, successful and prosperous king. The Bible records in 2 Chronicles that 
uh, Uzziah sought God in the days of Zechariah the prophet uh, who had understanding and visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. What a key. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Let me say it again. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. As long as you and I will seek the Lord, put the Lord first, put his kingdom first, we are going to be blessed. We're going to be prosperous. Yet like many before him, Uzziah would later on wander from God. He started well, but he didn't end so well. Let's look at 2 Chronicles 26 and verse 16 as we come to the end of King Uzziah's life. The Bible said, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. Success did did not lead him down the right road, for he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. And Azariah the priest went in after him, and him with fourscore priests of the Lord that were valiant men. And they withstood Uzziah the king and said to him, It it pertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense of the Lord, but to the priest of the sons of Aaron that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for thou has trespassed, neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah was wroth and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priest, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. And Uzziah, chief priest, And all the priests looked upon him, and behold, he was leprous in his forehead. And they thrust him out from thence. Yea, himself has also to go, because the Lord had smitten him. And Uzziah the king was a leper until the day of his death, and dwelt in a several house, or a separated house, being a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord, and Jotham, his son, was king, was the king's house, judging the people of the Lord. So Uzziah started out well. Uzziah started out doing the right thing, but he got so much success that it went to his head, and he decided, I can do what the priests can do. I'm a king, and I can do what is only supposed to be for the priest. But when he did that, he trespassed. He overstepped. Can I just tell you, has anybody ever seen somebody that they started well, but they didn't end well? They started well, but they didn't end well. Isaiah here was watching this scene. And when Uzziah died, he died a judged Man, he died as a leper. Amen. We will find that Uzziah went to church, but he was not transformed. Uzziah went to the house of God, but he was not changed. He saw no vision other than his own flesh. He saw no vision other than his own life. His worship was out of order. He assumed an authority that was not his to hold. One of the saddest passages you will ever find, amen, within the narrative of the story is uh, he was cut off from the house of the Lord. Think about that. 
Think about being cut off from the house of God because of a sin of trespass. And now Uzziah was king, but he was leper. Uzziah was king, but he was cut off from the house of the Lord. So no wonder when Isaiah came before the Lord, amen, he had to deal with the process of Uzziah the king. And so he said, in the year that my trouble died, in the year that my issue died, in the year that what was keeping me from the house of the Lord died, I also saw the Lord high. And there are some things in our life that pre prevent us from coming into God's presence, that prevent us from getting into a realization of who he is and a vision of who he is. But the moment that we allow that to die, amen, it just might be that I will see the Lord. The moment we allow bitterness to die is when we begin to see the Lord. The moment we allow offense to die is the time we'll see the Lord. The moment we allow judgmentalism to die is when we see the Lord. The moment we allow trespass to die is when we can see the Lord. What do we let die? We repent of it. We bury it. Amen. It's got to be buried so that we can see the Lord. Oh, pastor, I want to see the Lord. I want to see a vision of him. Oh, I want to have why do they have that encounter and I don't? Why are they seeing it? Because there was something that needed to die. Some things have to move on so we can get a vision of who he is. Amen. Isaiah's debacle is burned, no doubt, in the memory of Isaiah. What is a young man to do? What is he going to do in his life? I tell you what, he's going to go and see a vision of the Lord but he's got to let some things die. Hallelujah. Something happens to Isaiah when he sees the Lord that forever transforms him. Amen. For the Bible says that when, a, when Uzziah died, he saw the Lord. Amen. Sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Something was different about that encounter with the Lord that day. Something was different when he went to church that day. Amen. Because Isaiah went to church and he got a vision of a transformation in his life that he was never going to be the same again. I want to tell you, you can have one service, one encounter with God that will change your direction for the rest of your life. One time. That's all it takes. The word vision means something that is a mental picture of what could be, what should be, or what must be. Vision sees where you are to go when your eyes cannot see where to go. Amen. We are designed to have vision, not just the sight of the eye, but vision. Jesus said in Luke chapter 11 and verse 34, the light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, thy whole body also is full of light. But when thy eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. It is time to focus. 
Somebody say, I got to focus. I got to focus on what is righteous. I got to, in a world where I've got my Isaiahs all around, in a world that has rejected God, I've got to focus. I don't focus on the darkness. I got to focus on the light. I got to focus on righteousness. Whatever thing is good, whatever thing is pure, if there's something that is honorable and honest and virtuous, let us think on that. Praise be to God. Somebody say amen. Amen. When you have a vision, it is an aha moment. It is a moment that you see something that you couldn't see before. Things become clearer to you. It's a vision. It's a vision. You see, vision sets direction. Do you realize that multitasking is, is impossible? I know some of you are real good at doing a lot of things, but you do everything at one at a time. There's a lot of people who can juggle a lot of balls, but really what you're only doing is juggling one ball and then picking up another ball. You can't, and, and you, you can't see. Now, I used to believe that my mom had eyes in the back of her head, but really we can only see by one, wherever we're looking. That is the only place we can see. You, you, you realize, brothers, that women have better peripheral vision than we do. That's why they are, are, are needing to put brakes on the, on the passenger side because they have peripheral vision. Men are focused, you know, more of a narrow-minded. Y'all didn't even catch that. I wish I had one lady that said amen to that statement. But, but a, a, a more of a focused vision. But you can't go where you don't see. You have to be, be ready to see. Amen. And God wants to give you a vision today for your life that sends you on the right course. It sets you on the right path. Amen. Because he has got purpose in your life. He's got direction for you. But it takes a transformational vision to have that direction. Notice that the early church symbolized this and presented that concept to us in Acts chapter 2 and verse 46. And they continue daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Amen. It didn't say singleness of vision, but it's singleness of purpose. It's singleness of not just seeing, but it's a, it's a, a divine transformational vision. We need something today that will transcend our problem, our lack, our issues, culture, that will transcend that where I see beyond that. I see beyond. If you thought that the elections before were a mess, you just wait this 24 election is going to be a, a chaos. Amen. Amen. You got to look past it and say, God, you're in charge. My hope is in you, not in the government, not in Democrats, not in Republicans, not in independents. My hope is in you. I'm still going to vote because if I vote, I can complain. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't vote, I need to keep my mouth shut. Somebody say, I know that's right. <clears throat> Here's the point. You focus where you go. You focus on where you will go. Let me talk about in this story today, there are four things that Isaiah saw. Four visions. 
The first thing is the most important. Number one, I also saw the Lord. If you have no other vision in your life, see him. See him. He's not only seeing him, but he's seeing him upon a throne. He later would say, I seen him as the king. I see him as my source. I see him as my authority. I see him as my need supplier. I see him as the Lord. And he's sitting on a throne and he's high and lifted up above my problems, above my woes, above my situations, above the depth of my Uriahs. I see him high and lifted up. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house this morning. And his train fills the temple. You see, he was very common with what a train was because a train is that long thing that flows behind the king. And the more battles that he wins, the longer his train is. Amen. Because they say that they would sow another piece of garment every time the king had a victory. Amen. And his train, our Lord's train, filled the temple. It's long enough. There's enough victory to go around. He's got victory for you. He's got victory for me. Ah, do you see the Lord high and lifted up? Do you see him as his train being victorious? Do you see him as being the leader and the champion? of your soul the old king dies the new king comes into view get to have a new king in our mind a vision I see the Lord seated upon a throne high and lifted up it's the greater kingdom that we've got to see it's the greater rule we have to see it's the greater power the greatest power we have to see Amen. We need to see him today high and lifted up. God must be first. See him as being first, somebody. We got to see him as the king of kings and lord of lords. We have to listen to the angels around him, the seraphims around him. And what are they crying? What are they crying? Holy, I not only see him as victory, I see him as holy. I see him as standing alone. There is none beside him. He is in a class all by himself. He's my king. I see his glory everywhere. I see his presence in demonstration because the Bible said that the doors moved. Amen. When you get a vision of the Lord, you're going to find demonstration in your life. You'll find holiness in your life. You'll find glory in your life. You'll find supply in your life. You will find victory in your life when you see the Lord above your mess, above your Uriah, above the situation. Amen. I want to see him. If I get a vision of him, I will have transformation of thought, of life. Then the second thing is it's very important to see in Isaiah 6 and 5. When he saw this, this was his reaction. Perhaps it seems a strange reaction, but I want you to look at it. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5. If y'all can put that up for me. Praise God. Then said I, this is after he's seen the king, woe is me. Woe is me. What is right after that that sentence, woe is me? What's the punctuation? So that means he's, he's saying it with passion. Woe is me. I've seen the king, 
high, lift up, holy, victorious, everything I am not. Woe is me. Amen. For the second vision that he receives is a vision of himself, of really who he is. When I see him for who he is, then I can see me for who I am. Woe is me. I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Amen. I've seen him. Now what? I get an internal vision. I've had an external vision of him, but now I see me for who I am. I feel conviction. I feel woe. I feel uh, concerned about my own life. Amen. There's got to be an internal vision, an internal examination after we see him for who he is. When we see Jesus, that is the only way that we can see ourselves as being transformational material. If you are transformational material, that means woe can turn into something even greater. Repentance turns into forgiveness. Amen. A, a, a sorrow can turn into joy when you see Jesus because he is the transformational king. Amen. First John chapter 3, verse 1. And two. Somebody say, I want to see him. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. They didn't see him, so they didn't know him. That's what the problem is in our world today. They can't see him. They don't know him. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that, listen, listen, listen to this line, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we will see him as he is. I realize this passage normally is viewed in the context of, of end time prophecy and the return of Jesus Christ, but read the principle that is underlying here. When I see him and I see who he is, I have the potential of transformation because I will see him when he shall appear. We shall be like him for we'll see him for who he is. Not necessarily just seeing myself for who I am, but if I can see him, I'm a transformational opportunity. I have the chance to change. When I see the Lord, I've got a change in my life. Amen. You cannot be like what you cannot see. Amen. The greater your vision of Jesus, the more transformation can happen in your own life. I want to see Jesus and I want to be changed. I want to be changed. Go ask Doubting Thomas when he said, I will not believe unless I put my hand in the nail prints and my hand in the side of where his wound was. But when he saw Jesus, he didn't need any of that because he saw him as a resurrected Lord. He saw him and that Vision made him change, made him change. The inward reflection here is not one of simply a joy ride, but it is simply a revelation of conviction. Woe is me. 
Woe is me. I am undone. I am undone. I cease to exist or I am ruined. Isaiah is saying he is on the throne and I am in ruins. He is on the throne and I'm messed up. Isaiah is saying here today I saw him but I also saw me. But God did not leave Isaiah in the state of woe. He did not see, leave him in the state of ruin. God does not randomly bless his people. He just does not merely just show up. He wants to change us. He wants to change. Somebody say, I, I've got to be changed. I don't need, just need to show up and, and have a little doodad, a, a Pentecostal experience run up and down my back. I don't just need to show up and a good song blesses me. I need him to change me. I need transformation. I need my mindset to be changed. I need my walk to be changed and my talk to be changed. Hallelujah. So the, what's the next vision he had? In verse 6 of Isaiah 6, Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, one of those that was saying, holy, 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 having a live coal in his hand. And he took it from the, with tongs from off of the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, lo, this hath touched thy lips and thy iniquity is taken away and thy sin hath been purged. Not only do I get a chance to see him, and not only do I need revelation of who I am, I need to understand is that he's the change agent in my life, is that he can wash away my sin, he can take away my woe, I can be changed in his likeness. We're coming up on NYC. And I think about NYC in multiple precious memories. One not so precious memory clouds my vision. When we were youth pastor in Chicago, we, we took about 50 or 60 teens to youth conference. That in itself was a learning lesson. But we had one young man name was Mark. He was, if there was trouble, I could put Mark's name on it every time. Mark. I'd mark Mark. Matter of fact, we were in our church, had a bus, and so we were headed to St. Louis for this, this gathering, and Mark had already got on my last nerve, and I was only 25 years old, so hey, that's that takes a lot. And, I, and we stopped at the McDonald's to get something to eat, and we were trying to get all the kids on and off and getting them all fed and everything like that. And, I, and Mark had already had to get on the mark twice. And I thought, I'm going to live by the three-strike rule. And I looked at Mark, 16-year-old young man, I looked at him and I said, listen, Mark, if you do one more thing, I don't care what it is, you're gone. I'll get you back to your mama. I don't know how, but you're not going to stay and act that way. Huh? So we went to NYC. We, we had a good, good time. The very first day we were there, there was, if, you, if you remember the, the hotel there in St. Louis, downtown St. Louis, it has two big wings full of rooms. And one wing, the wing we were staying in, all the power went out. 
the power went out. And I, I looked at my wife and I said, Mark did this. Before too long, I had a knock on the door. It's another member of our youth group. He said, Brother Gill, they're looking for Mark. <laughs> what he did is that he took a bunch of toilet paper, stuck it in a trash can, and set it on fire. He did. And whatever happened to the alarm system, it blew it all up. Smoke everywhere. So Mark was on the lamb. He's running. I, I, I get introduced to the hotel security. They're looking for Mark. They want to arrest him. And I said, if you'll give me a chance, let me, let me, let me work with him because I'm going to send him home. Finally, I, we get Mark. We find Mark. I laid it on. Brother Jason, I laid it on the best I could. I hope he felt bad. I took that young man to the Greyhound bus station. Wouldn't do it today. I'd have to drive him back, Brother B. But put him on a bus and sent him to Chicago and told his mama to meet him there. Mark, in my opinion, would amount to nothing. Mark, in my opinion, was nothing but a rascal and a problem. But can I tell you, years later, Mark went to Bible college. Mark became a minister of the gospel. He became an assistant pastor of the church. That same guy that gave me fits was a guy that God turned his life around. Amen. Don't look at somebody and just write them off because they can have a transformational moment where God can touch their mouth. God can change their life. Don't write somebody's story when the author is still writing. Don't put any end to it when God is saying no. Amen. You never know. Can I get one other illustration? There was a, a young man in the Bible college where my dad uh, was working years ago. That was a rascal. I mean, they, 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 they were threatening to expel him from the Bible college. Do you realize that he later became the president of that Bible college? Don't write people off. When you look at them now, amen, John said, John Mark, or, or Paul said, John Mark is not profitable to me. John Mark cannot go with me on these missionary trips. But a few years later, he said, oh, by the way, bring me John Mark, for he's profitable to me. Why? Because if you have somebody that will have a vision of God and a vision of themselves, there can be a possibility of transformation. What is happening here is that the vision was the angels come and touch what was unclean. I'm a part of people with unclean lips. And the anointing from the altar changed that. Don't write people off. I, I, I need you to say amen because I'll make sure you're here. Don't write people off in this building. 
Don't write people off in this building. Don't write people off in this community. Don't write them off because God has a way of changing them. Well, they don't meet this standard. They don't meet that standard. And I've known them when they were a kid. So what? They probably knew you when you were a kid. Amen. And it is only by the grace of God. I don't even have this in my notes, but I have it in my heart. Is that there is the grace of God that can transform people. Amen. They may be a backslider. But let them come back with transformation. Praise God. You don't have to stay undone. You don't have to stay ruined. You don't have to keep the same worthless path as everybody around you. The last vision that he had. Isaiah had already acknowledged the type of people that surrounded him. They were people of unclean lips, unclean culture, unclean perspectives. But in verse 8, after his lips were touched, in Isaiah 6 and 8, also. Somebody say also. Wait a second. The story's not over. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Where? To these unclean lips, people. To these unrighteous people. This is what Isaiah then said. Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. Folks, we need to see a world that is unclean and undone. And the Lord that is saying, I've already touched your lips. Now who will go for me? Who will go and spread the news of transformation? Send me. Send me. When I looked up that phrase, send me, here's what it literally means. Look on me. Here I am, hand in the air, voice in the air. Here I am. Send me. Send me, Lord. I will go for you. Pick me. Choose me. Amen. Let me be. I don't care if I'm the last one on the, on the chain link fence. Just let me play ball. I don't care if I'm picked first or picked last. Just let, here, 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 pick me. Choose me, Lord. Here I am. I don't want to be a part of just the ones that are called but not chosen. I want to be chosen. You've touched my lips. That's great. But let me now go with those lips. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come to you. And that one word, Peter climbs out of a perfectly good boat into water and walks on the water to where Jesus is. Do we have a vision of the mission? Go. It's not just for us to be changed and stay here and enjoy it. There is a, a thing, some things that are happening in the spirit. They have not stopped. Just because pastors had some health issues, they have not stopped. There are some things that are happening in the spirit at MPC for outreach. There are some things that God, and I realize the enemy is also at work to try to prevent but we've got to take our transformed lives and not just sit on our seats in our pews, 
but we've got to take it to those that need deliverance. We've got to share this gospel in whatever way, in whatever measure. Now, I don't want to get over messages I'm preparing for, but I want to just say this. There can be no harvest if there's no seeds planted. We have to be willing to sow bountifully. God is moving. Be patient. Don't give up. Get ready. Just let us have the attitude, Lord, bid me come to you. Send me, Lord. I will go. Many of us want to stay in the temple. Stay around the table as the songwriter used to sing. My fields are empty. My house is full. See the mission. Go. Luke 7, 22, Jesus answered and said to them, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor, they have the gospel preached. Tell John, because of transformation of the king, there is a go spirit in my disciples. There is a go mentality in my disciples. So what do you see? What is your vision? Does your vision of Uzziah and all the troubles and all the woes, of all the bitterness, of all the pain, all the mistakes stand to your feet? Is your vision about your past, your mistakes, your failures? And you say, Pastor, I want to know how to get rid of that. Well, you've got to start looking at the Lord sitting on the throne. The one sitting on the throne and his train fills the temple, meaning that, that every problem you've ever faced, he can cover it. He can transform it. Then see yourself as being in need of a transformation and that you are undone. Dwell in the undone are ruined people. We are folks. We live in a messed up world. Seriously. Seriously. I'm not talking about history. I'm just talking about my lifetime. Just in my lifetime. I don't have to talk about previous generations or time before, but we're in a very desperate state. We need transformation so we can go. I said we need transformation so we can go and help people to see what we have seen. Heavenly Father, right now, I'm asking you to move. Will you be in prayer, church? I'm asking you to touch people's minds and hearts. Help us, Lord, to see you that we might be transformed. Transformed from the inside, God, out, and then go. Help us to be willing to go, Lord Jesus, and do what we can for the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Church, will you come and pray right now? Come on, we need some people to really seek. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.